Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 112. So I'm recording this episode on January 11th, 2021, and I am currently sitting in my apartment, which is almost completely empty. <laughs> I wanted to start out this episode with a brief update. Uh, if you've been following along, you heard me uh, talk a little bit on the last episode about um, the fact that I'm moving. And I know moving always comes up on lists as one of the most stressful times, along with things like getting married, losing a job, taking a new job. There might be a couple of other things on there. And certainly in 2020, we've added to the list of stressors um, you know, significantly because of everything that we've all been going through related to the COVID pandemic. Uh, for me personally, as I shared in the last episode, a couple of things, big things shifted in my boyfriend's life, and that gave him the opportunity to invest in uh, a place to live uh, from where he was living. And so we are finally going to be moving in together after 12 years together. And so when I recorded the last episode, it was right in the beginning of that uh, fall rolling downhill. <laughs> and now we're really picking up steam and the movers are coming tomorrow. So as I was saying, if you've ever, I'm sure you have moved, you know there are a lot of moving parts and I'm really, really grateful to have this half an hour or so here where I can just sit quietly and talk to you and record the podcast because I think it's really important for us, even when a lot of things are in flux in our life, to stick to the things that ground us. And whether that's yoga, meditation, eating healthy, uh, running, going for walks, listening to podcasts, all those kinds of things are really important to do. And for me, I look at recording my podcast really very much like listening to podcasts. I love doing it. I love sharing with you all in this way. And so I really wanted to make time on this Monday, because I always record on Mondays, to, um, despite the fact <laughs> that I have a lot going on, to take some time to sit down and record this episode. So if it sounds a little more echo-like, echo, echo -like, 
uh, echo chamber like it's because I've lost a couple of the things, uh, actually quite a few things in, in the apartment and um, they're not absorbing the sound as much. So it might sound a little different. When I get over to the new place, it'll be interesting to see if the audio changes at all, audio um, quality. So certainly uh, keep an ear out for that and let me know via DM on Instagram or send me an email to Karen at barebonesyoga.com if you notice anything either worse, which I hope not, um, but definitely better. Uh, let me know if the, if the sound quality picks up a bit. So having said that, I wanted to um, begin this episode by letting you know this past week, I opened registration for my wellness event called the Bare Bones Yoga Wellness Saturday. And this is going to be, of course, a virtual event, even though I did two of these events live in 2019. This time, because of the pandemic, of course, we're going virtual, and I'm going to be offering kind of an abbreviated format because I know people don't really want to be on a Zoom call for an extended period of time. However, I don't want you to think of this like a Zoom call. Yes, I'm going to be using Zoom as the platform because it works really well for me. However, it's going to be an opportunity for you to move in different ways, to take some time to deeply relax with a guided relaxation session, to take some time to reflect with some journaling, to learn through a short presentation on neuroscience, to move both through a yoga class, a myofascial release class, and a fitness class. I'll be teaching each individual session and they'll be short and um, really easy to consume. And there'll be a lot of variety. So you won't get bored. You'll learn a lot and you'll have a lot of fun. So this is a really great way for you to invest in yourself, to invest in your health and for really short money. It's $99 for the event and early bird pricing ends on the 16th. There are only 10 spots available and there are already a couple that have been taken. So please sign up this week if you are interested. You can find the link to register on my Facebook page in my Facebook group for teachers called the Bare Bones Yoga Anatomy Workgroup. And you can also DM me for it. If you're on my VIP mailing list, you will get reminded about the event several times between now and the 30th, which is when the event is. So having said that, I wanted to definitely let you know about that because I'm really excited to do it. And I really would love to have uh, a number of you attend this event with me. I want to talk now about a topic that is, you know, something that comes up quite frequently with teachers. And that is the idea of sequencing and how to build a sequence. Now, I can remember when I was beginning as a teacher, it was really common to go into a class and to see a teacher with a notebook. It usually was a really pretty bound journal, maybe with like a leather cover or a fabric cover. And I, re I have very vivid memories of teachers coming into class with, you know, this journal and, and opening it up and, you know, referring to it and maybe even talking about how they created a sequence and, you know, that particular week they were going to be having us focus on, you know, this particular theme throughout the week. And, you know, I could really tell that there was a lot of time that the teacher had spent in preparing for the class. And then of course, doing the class. Now, while that is really, really admirable, it is something that can really take up time for which, and, and I hope this hasn't come across too harshly, but you're not getting paid for that time. <laughs> 
So if it takes you two hours to plan for an hour's class and you're getting paid $50 for that class and you average, let's say you consider your time worth, and this is a very low number, but let's say you consider your time worth $100 an hour. Well, you've just expended about $300 worth of time and you've only got reimbursed 50. So that's not a really good return on investment. Now, you can also think about it, not so much from a money perspective, but just from a time perspective, just the time it takes you to prepare for your class in that way and then actually teach the class. And all of this applies to virtual classes as well. So one of the things that I've always liked to do and I've always found to be really helpful um, for teachers and really important for teachers to do is to start to think about systematic ways that they can systematize some of what they do a lot. And I think you'll agree that we are always spending time building sequences. So this means the task of building a sequence is a perfect thing that we can examine to see how we can make that process easier. Now, once I started to really dive into this, what I actually ended up creating is a downloadable PDF that you can download that will outline all of what I'm gonna go over with you here in one easy to reference form. So as you're listening to the podcast today, if you find that you're compelled to take notes, guess what? <laughs> you don't have to take any notes because I literally have it all written down for you. So what I'm gonna do, uh, today is Monday. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna post the link to the sequence template I'm gonna go through today on my Facebook page that's also where you will see the link to the wellness event I was just talking about. And so you can grab the um, PDF there. Again, you can always DM me for any of this stuff and I am happy to send you the links. The best way to direct message me is on my Instagram, barebonesyoga.com. So let's begin. Let's take a look at how to build a yoga sequence. So the first thing that you should do, I think, the first thing to do is to decide what your overall point or objective of the sequence is. And this really gets to, you know, what's the point of this class? What are you hoping to convey by presenting this sequence? And this is probably going to conjure up some thoughts around, is it restorative? Is it functional movement? You know, so we're gonna to get to some of that detail. I think in general though, it's a good place for you to begin in terms of what is the overall point of this? Why are we doing this? And sometimes you can reframe that question and think about it from the perspective of if a student approached you before class and said, hey, what are we gonna to do today? And why are we gonna do it? Your answer would be whatever it is, and in that answer would lie the answer to the question I'm asking you. What's the overall point of this? <laughs> so it could be something as broad brush as we're going to do a whole bunch of postures that are going to increase your range of motion. It could be something like we're going to do a whole bunch of postures that are going to increase your range of motion and we're going to also focus on breathing. And focusing on breathing is a great way to trigger some deep, deep relaxation and stress relief. So, I mean, either of those statements would be a perfectly appropriate objective for a lot of different classes. Now, you may be teaching specialty classes, prenatal or restorative or, or trauma-informed yoga. And so your objective might 
include even more detail. So point is, you're going to start out with what's the overall point or objective of the sequence. The second thing is, who's the target audience? Now, again, if you're teaching a general sequence, it might be anybody. You know, it might be anybody who can weight bear on their arms and their legs. You know, it might be anybody who has a general level of fitness. It might be a specialty class where you're going to define that who even further. The next question is, what level of experience is needed for the sequence? So this is where you get into experience levels. Now, in general, I don't really like to do this because my preference and my approach is to teach an open level type scenario, an open level type sequence, where really I'm teaching in a way where I feel confident that pretty much anyone with general mobility can take my class. Now, does that mean someone who's 85 years old who has limited balance can take it? Probably not without significant modifications. Does that mean that someone who's just had carpal tunnel surgery and can't wait there on their arms can take it? Probably not without significant modifications. So it doesn't mean anybody, anybody, anybody. However, it means more accessible than not. Now, there are some classes that I'm sure you've attended, I know I've attended them, where people have taught advanced variations of everything, where people have taught inversions, where people have offered a lot of props integrated into their teaching. These are not highly accessible classes. These tend to be more niche classes. If that's your jam and you like to teach in that way, great. Just know that it's helpful to define when you're building a sequence, what level of experience is needed. And certainly if you take a beginner and bring them into a class that's using all sorts of props in all different ways, that is absolutely going to be concerning for a beginner and will probably dissuade them from coming back to your class. Now, that may not be an issue for you because maybe you really like to teach that way and you want to attract students who like to practice that way. And I always say to teachers, don't try to be the teacher for everybody. Embrace who you are, embrace how you teach, own it 100%, and don't worry about those students that fall away. Because for every student that falls away will be another student that steps up and your way of teaching resonates with them and they'll become a regular student. The most important thing for you as a teacher, in my opinion, is for you to stay true to who you are. Because when you're true to who you are, you're teaching in a most authentic way, which is so powerful and will come across in everything you're doing when you teach. It's when as teachers, we try to teach in a way different than ourselves, which is usually motivated by other things that are more ego-driven, like I want to try to be popular, or I'm teaching in this way because this is the way my mentor teaches. All of those things are inauthentic, and pretty quickly we start to feel really uncomfortable. We kind of feel like we're pretending. Then we start to feel like an imposter. It's kind of a snowball effect, and pretty soon it's just something that we can't sustain. So just to reiterate where we are, and this is kind of this overall step one, what's the overall point of the sequence? Who's the target audience? And what level of experience is needed for the sequence? So the next piece of step one and the last piece is what is the energetic focus of the sequence? 
So is it restorative? Is it active or sports related? Is it functional movement? Is it beginners, advanced or other? So you may have other things that come up for you in this category, but that's kind of the general sense of the energetic focus of the sequence. So now that you've built all of the answers to those questions as your foundation, you can move on to step two. Step two is now that you've determined the overall objective and the, th and the th other three factors noted above in the section we just talked about, we're going to go into the different potential sections of the practice. So you can think of this almost like a number of different mini books. And then the one big book is going to be the sequence you create. So think about in these separate books or files, you've got all the different sections of the practice that you might offer. So you've got your grounding part of the practice, which is whatever you're doing at the beginning to kind of get people more into their bodies and focused. You've got the warm-up section, you've got the twisting section, you've got balancing, lateral movements, back bends, hip, inversion, hip poses, inversions, restorative, and rest. So those are the sections that I've come up with. You may have different ones, you know, to add on to this. The point is, if again, you use this, this visualization of you've got this big book that's going to represent the sequence you write, and then you've got all these mini books that represents the different sections of the practice. And so your task now is to determine from all these mini books or these files, what sections are you going to include in the sequence you're doing today? So a good example is when, I know when I used to take classes at lunchtime, they generally didn't include a lot of balancing or when I used to teach classes at lunchtime, I generally didn't include a lot of balancing postures because there wasn't a lot of time. And so that would typically be the kind of thing I would take out of the sequence. Maybe I would just do tree pose. However, in an hour and 15 minute class, I would always include the balances. So that's just a simple example of how you can play with the different sections of the practice and kind of use it as a way maybe to address how long you have to teach. Or maybe again, if you go back to the beginning part, what the point of the sequence is, maybe it doesn't really make sense to include those things. So that's kind of step two here. You're gonna decide what big chunks of the practice you want to include. So now that you've decided that, right? So now we're really at the point where you have, you know, decided what the point of your sequence is. You've identified the postures that you, or the sections of the, of the uh, sequence that you want to include. So now you are in a position where you can actually pick the poses. So I want you to keep in mind that you're now really, you know, the way this whole process works is you're drilling down. You started with a big picture, you know, kind of uh, step of identifying the objective of your, of your sequence. And then you went further into detail and you started to decide what sections of the practice you want to include. So now you're at the next level of detail and you are actually now picking the postures. So this is, you know, kind of a very organized way to go approach, to approach creating a sequence. And I, you know, want you to 
keep that in mind that when I talked earlier about systematizing things, this is what I meant because this process I'm walking you through and the PDF that goes with it that outlines it is literally a systematic way you can approach building any sequence. So you don't need a book, you don't need to restart every time, you don't need to revamp. You basically can just use this template and the knowledge you have to build the sequence that you're gonna offer. So now you're at step three, determining the poses. So you're gonna decide, you know, what poses do I wanna include in the different sections? So let's say you've got your grounding section of the practice, you've got your warm-up section, you've got your twisting, balancing, lateral, back bends, hip focus, inversion, restorative, and rest. So you're gonna pick the actual postures. So if we just look at the twisting movement section, you might decide to include crescent lunge twist. You might decide to include some kind of um, knee down twist or on the back twist. So any of those you know, kinds of twisting movements, you might do something like boat pose and have people twisting side to side in boat pose. Lots of different ways you can integrate twists into your practice. So, you know, this is just to kind of review kind of where we're at here. So you've got step one, what's the overall point or objective of the sequence? Who is the target audience? What level of experience is needed? And what's the energetic focus? So that's all in step one. Then in step two, you are determining what general sections you want to include in the practice. And then in step three, you're determining for each general section what postures are going to be offered in that section. So I guess maybe a good place to go now is to think about an example. So I'm going to walk you through just a general example here. So let's say you're teaching a class that's sometime during the week, and you're assuming that because it's in the latter part of the day, people have pretty much been sitting all day. So the overall point or objective of the sequence could be to provide multiple options for a range of movement in all planes and provide an overall balanced experience. So who would be the target audience for this? Well, the target audience could be a general yoga client a general student population. What level of experience is needed for the sequence? Well, all levels would be appropriate. However, some familiarity with yoga is helpful versus a raw beginner. So this is important to distinguish because this basically means I'm gonna be offering a sequence where you're gonna to need to have some basic yoga knowledge versus someone who's never taken class before. Building a sequence just for beginners is a separate thing. And then what is the energetic focus of the sequence? Here, the energetic focus of this kind of class would be active movement, sports focused, and functional movement. So if I were to be building this sequence, I would kind of go down the list of sections and I would say, okay, so I'm gonna do some grounding and centering. I'm gonna include a warm up. I'm gonna include twisting, balancing, lateral movements, back bends. I'm going to include hip postures. I'm not gonna include inversions, I'm not gonna include restorative, and of course I'm going to include rest. And then from there, now that I have the sections, now I'm gonna write down the literal poses that I'm gonna offer. So I'm not gonna go into this in you know, extreme detail here. It's actually on the PDF that you're gonna download, the actual sequence that I built. 
So I hope as I go through this, you have a sense of, you know, how systematic this can be. And when things have a system that you can use to go through them, it's much easier and it's less stressful. So if you're one of those teachers that has a lot of stress before you sit down to create a sequence, know that going by this process is going to decrease a lot of that, especially the more you get used to it. Now, other things I want you to consider when you're building sequences. Consider modifications for poses where it would make sense to offer a modification. And keep in mind, a general rule of thumb regarding modifications is just looking for a way to decrease the range of motion required by the student. So if something is a twisting movement, a general modification is don't have them twist so deep. If something is a standing balance, a general modification is to have a toe on the floor if appropriate. Um, if somebody, or if the posture is, uh, let me think of another one. If the posture is, you know, downward dog, a general modification, I'm sure you know, is to bend the knees so the hamstrings aren't so lengthened. So again, if you use range of motion as a general um, barometer and modify, modify and modifying a, a pose as decreasing how much range of motion the person needs to exhibit, that's a general approach you can take in terms of how you're gonna modify something. Another thing to consider is the population you're teaching and any special needs they might have. So of course, a really obvious example of this is if you're teaching people in an assisted living center or a nursing home, of course, they're probably gonna either be sitting in a chair or they're going to need a chair to hold on to occasionally for balance. However, that, you know, this kind of idea, population who you're teaching and, and any special needs, doesn't just apply to older folks. It could also apply to teaching a group of athletes who are really muscular, but they're not super flexible. So they're definitely going to need straps. So don't think that these kinds of things only apply to older people. Another thing to think about is props that people might need. This is definitely something that's coming up more since we're teaching virtually. People may not have props in their homes, so you might need to improvise. Instead of a strap, they might need a scarf. Instead of a block, they might need a big book. You know, I think in general, if there's one thing I ask my virtual students to get, and that is buy a yoga block. I think that is something really essential for practice and a low cost investment that they can make. And they'll use the block all the time in their practice. And then another factor to consider is how long is the class and if you're going to use music. And I would say in general, especially with all the online teaching we're doing, um, it can be totally fine to not use music. I know that's kind of become the norm, but it can be really nice for students to just have the silence and given that you're probably teaching online, um, it can be a lot to coordinate. It can sometimes also get in the way of them hearing you. So I'm gonna end this one here. This is a brief one. Um, I hope that even though it's brief, you found it helpful in terms of just the topic at hand. I think it's a really relevant topic for teachers. So send me a DM, comment on my Instagram. I'd love to know what you think about this topic if you have any feedback or questions. And know also, as I said, I'm going to post today the downloadable piece uh, for this um, 
for this episode, the downloadable PDF on my Facebook page, Bare Bones Yoga. So you can grab it there. And again, don't forget January 30th is my Wellness Saturday virtual event. Lots of fun things that you can do with me all around moving and breathing and journaling and learning and just a lot of fun mini sessions. I promise you, you will not be bored. And I really hope you're inspired and you leave the event feeling full of good energy and motivation for the year. You can sign up for that on my Facebook page as well. The link to join is there. Or you can also just DM me or email me, karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next episode. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my mentorship program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.